Hello, my name is Shane Brody. I'm traveling around the country uh, interviewing fellow trans people about their beliefs, their identity, etc. I am a trans person. I transitioned over 20 years ago. Um, yeah, and I just want to travel around the country, meet people, look at the landscape. Uh, yeah, just have some fun. I've eaten quite a bit of barbecue as well, which has been great. Um, the best is in North Carolina, by the way. Uh, let's see. Um, so I'm here by the seaside in New England, and I have a guest today, and she's going to introduce herself in whatever way she feels comfortable. Go ahead. Uh, hi. My first name is Ann, but everybody calls me Doc. We're in the restaurant I work at in Rye, New Hampshire, and uh, it's nice to be here. All right. Um, <clears throat> so uh, did you grow up here? I didn't. I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Oh, okay. And well, that's very different. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's not so different. I mean, the weather's a lot different. Yeah. But growing up in Seattle versus being here, there's a lot of similarities. I mean, seaside towns tend to have some common threads. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this is a really small town. And uh, Seattle's, uh, I mean, it's grown a lot, but it's it's a pretty big city. Um, so how, wh how do you think it's, it's, the, it's the same? Um, the whole aquaculture, mm. um, I find that the more coastal cities are, the more they pay attention to environmental concerns. Oh, you think? Okay. I generally see that, especially in smaller areas. I mean, mm. when I grew up in Seattle, it was still green and growing. Mm -hmm. Um, and out here is, it's never going to stop. It's been growing for 200 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of worn in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I, when I drove up, um, we talked a little bit, just very, very briefly, and I asked if this was a resort area, and what was your answer? <laughs> it's not. It's a wealthy area. Yeah, and my reply was, well, it's just a, it's um, what did I say? I forget. <laughs> resident resort. Yeah, resident resort. So people, wealthy people just live here, and this is like their vacation, you know, just living here. And it, it is like that. It's really beautiful. It's it's right on the water. It is. I mean, you I, can hit it with a rock if you got a good arm. I didn't, I didn't realize that when I was uh, driving here. You know, I just kind of put things in Google, and then it just leads me wherever. <laughs> Sometimes it leads me astray, though, Google. Get, get better at that. Anyway, um, so, yeah, what is this town like anyway? Is it, is it a harbor? Is it a fishing port? Like, I'm thinking historically. Rye. Not so much. Most of the, the mm. big port stuff happened a little north in yes. Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's I really a big don't naval know station. much about Rye's history. There's a big naval station there, too, yeah. Uh, across mm -hmm. the river in Kittery, the Portsmouth yeah. Naval. They call it the Portsmouth Naval mm -hmm. Shipyard, even though it's in Kittery. Yeah, I noticed that the the, the state line kind of s snaked around it. I was like, oh, that's so weird. It's, it has something to do with the size of the city. Okay. It's closest to the shipyard. Okay, mm-hmm, yeah. Um, but that's got a riches. This whole area is just dredged in history yeah it's amazing yeah i was telling somebody uh, a couple of interviews ago that it's almost like i can imagine like you know jumping off a pirate ship and or like riding a horse through some of these right. very narrow streets or something you know and everything's so old and um uh, a lot of it is really well taken care of too like i've been to some cities here on the east coast that are very old but they they're a little bit weathered. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the, historic, the historical society around here is, they're, they're very active. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny you mentioned pirate ship. 
right down uh, in Prescott Park, uh-huh. which is right across from the shipyard. Uh-huh. That used to be the general area where a lot of ships coming up the up the river would, would harbor. Yeah, I was just a few feet from that when I was saying that, actually. <laughs> it was, uh, that whole area then was basically bars and bordellos. Yeah. And now it's kind of funny because the city tries to have this lily white, aren't we pretty and, and nice and yeah. quaint atmosphere. And at the same time, they forget what built us. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, even, even since I first came here in 86, this town has changed and it wasn't dirty then Mm -hmm. but there were a few spots that most of the locals didn't go too much yeah but a lot of us knew about them and went anyway are there a lot of um massachusetts and new york uh transplants here um definitely massachusetts Mm -hmm. although they tend to be very state pride and stay home and just visit yeah um i do see a lot of new yorkers up here Mm -hmm. uh but i don't know I feel like everybody around here is really accepting. They accepted me, and I moved here. Did you notice any influx with uh, COVID, perhaps? I didn't really, because no. I was locked up like everybody else. Okay. So okay. <laughs> I yeah. didn't get out much. You know, even in Fairbanks, where I was living, Fairbanks, Alaska, which is in the interior of Alaska, actually, I met people from New York who were extremely wealthy, who were just traveling around. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it was really strange, because at that time... It was during kind of the lockdown period, but I don't know. I guess if you have enough money, you can do what you want. Pretty much. Yeah. I thought it, I thought it was a little bit, um, I don't know, selfish in a way because there were people who were uh, coming up and going, trying to go to villages. Yeah. Which were completely closed. Right. Yeah. And for good reason, because in the last pandemic, you know, the um, Spanish flu, there were whole villages that were wiped out and... You know, mm-hmm. uh, so uh, the villages took it really seriously to keep people out, and as well they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really. Uh, so it was really strange when people from the lower forty-eight were coming up, and they're like, "Oh, I, I'm a prepper, and I just, you know, want to live on the land." Well, it's not your, it's not your fucking land, right? You know? <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> seriously, it was Who like invited you. Yeah, nobody, nobody <laughs> wants you here. Nobody. Um, Anyway, um, so getting back to uh, identity and that sort of thing, you didn't grow up here. You grew up in Seattle, mm-hmm. uh, and not to totally give away your age, but uh, what kind of era was that? <laughs> uh, I was in Seattle before the kingdom was finished. Okay, <laughs> all right, yeah. Interestingly, the kingdom, uh, the reason why it was raised, because the people who were building it, the construction workers, they were using boots with cleats on them. Okay. And so they were puncturing holes into the ceiling, into the roof, and that allowed all that trickling rain that is pretty constant there to uh, get into the materials. Right. And so they uh, eventually replaced it with those uh, billion-dollar monstrosities that they now those have. Those tiles there. that came. Well, didn't one of them come down during a Mariners game in like the uh, early '90s? Yeah, there, <clears throat> there was a problem in the '90s. Uh, the roof kept kept collapsing a little bit, and then they would prop it up, and then they built these um, very modern ones that where the roof comes out, mm-hmm. and you know they're huge metal things. I mean, they're just like plopped into the landscape. Um, cost a billion dollars to to build them which was really it was wild because at the time there was such gentrification that 
there were elderly people and um, people of color and poor people in Seattle who were just losing all of their housing. Mm -hmm. And there was like this tremendous homelessness problem that was occurring. Um, so to put a billion dollars of the city's money into these projects that only the wealthy are going to be able to only, attend and be a part of only the wealthy can go to because those tickets cost so much it was just really the priority there is so strange mm -hmm. I always think that's interesting that these cities that are so green are so unwelcoming to people you know I feel like well I think in Seattle that started when it must have been the late 80s when mm -hmm. Uh, Californians were moving oh, up yes. there in droves. In droves, yes. And it became uh, a thing. Like, oh, where are you send from? Send the bastards back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was Emmett Watson, I believe, was his name. He was a editorial. Know. He wrote an editorial for the mm -hmm. PI, and he started this campaign about send the bastards back. Yeah, and that's there the Post Intelligentsia, which is the local big newspaper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it was a big. It was a thing. I mean, I never had a house key as a child. Mm. But when I moved back there, I went back in 95 and lived, or 90, and lived there till 95. Everything was very different. It was, oh, yes. It was more city-like in that you needed a house key. You oh, needed yes. to lock up. Oh, you yes. You needed to be careful. I actually lived in Belltown, uh, which pretty much doesn't exist anymore. Um, it, Belltown was right near the Pike Place Market. Okay. So it's all, you know, um, mostly SROs, very, mm -hmm. very urban. Right. Um but then the whole place was raised at some point, and they put up these huge condo buildings that remained empty for many years, actually. Because nobody could afford it. Nobody could afford it. But also, uh, these people were speculating that there was going to be growth. And they got all these tax breaks and whatnot to build all this stuff. At the same time, they're raising a neighborhood, an old neighborhood. Right. You know, that is that was very, cult, you know, culturally rich part of the city. It had um, union halls down there, uh, um, merchant seamen halls. Mm -hmm. It had old bars. It had um, dance clubs, theaters, uh, so many things, art galleries, and uh, all gone. All gone. Yeah, pretty amazing. You see that in Portsmouth, too. I don't actually live in Rye. I just yeah. work here. But I live next city over in Portsmouth. Okay. Um, and you see a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, right right just over the line into Portsmouth. Is it gentrifying right now? or has been for a long time. Yeah. I, I feel like that. Is this like a pulse of it, though? No, it's no. just kind of normal. Okay. Pretty much any time anything gets torn down, yeah. it's either parking spaces or condos. Okay. And then if a store closes downtown, it's usually replaced by art, jewelry, clothes that nobody who lives here can afford. Okay. Um, and we so draw kinda, a lot of tourist crowds. Kind of boutique. Very okay. boutique-y downtown. So it's, uh, it's not really places that help out the local community, but more the, the transient, wealthy community. I mean... When you say it like that, it doesn't sound as accurate, only because it helps out the local community. It gives us jobs. Uh-huh. Um, a handful. A, a decent handful. amount. There's really? a lot of places downtown that mm. are, I bet. I bet if you told the employees who work downtown in, in retail and restaurant, mm -hmm. it's got to be close to 10,000. Yeah. Do you think that those places um, 
would survive if they catered, catered more to the local population? I think they'd survive even better. Okay. They'd, they'd more than survive, they'd thrive. Okay, so they would survive, they would thrive. Um, so those jobs would still be there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it's a hard line. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely businesses downtown that, yeah. that are local, were built local, mm-hmm. and stay local. Well, it seems like it. Yeah, there's I, some great places down there. Some good people. It, it's. I gotta say, it's one of the cutest downtowns I've ever <laughs> seen ever. I mean, really, it's like these narrow little tracks that kind of wind around each other, and there's like little tiny hills, and the road will go like this over it. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, only a, somebody walking or on a horse is really gonna do well on that. <laughs> Your car is like, oh my goodness, you're gonna bottom out, and yep. you know, it's definitely not. <laughs> not modern um it's it's like stepping back a, a couple hundred years um that's why they have strawberry bank what's that uh, it's a historical museum okay um they moved actually moved older houses onto the land oh okay it's probably four or five acres okay and it's old buildings mm. and displays and exhibits and i've been there a long time but they used to have, like, in the blacksmith shop, there was a guy who built mm. barrels with staves. And oh, okay. Kind of like scratch a kind of stuff. Williamsburg kind of feel to I it. I guess so. I've never yeah. been, but I've I get never the been idea. Either. I've never been either. Actually, uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, where I was just living, has something like that. And it's 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 a little bit cheesy, but it does preserve some of the local history. They, they moved some isolated cabins to a central part of mm-hmm. Fairbanks. Um, and they said who lived in it and that sort right. of thing. And... Uh, I was surprised how small these cabins were, though. They were really quite tiny. And I will say that as somebody who lived in a really tiny cabin, it was 12 by 12, and I had a little loft above it. Um, and it used to be actually a horse barn. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was really quite nice. I mean, the, the walls were super thick. But, um, I mean, these little cabins that they moved um, to, they call it, I think, Alaska Land or Pioneer Park or something. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a little tourist trap. Oh, somebody's here. Hi. Hey. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we're we're gonna be here for about an hour doing okay? the interview. Yeah. Um, it's one of our staff. We we had somebody uh, walk in. Yes. On this uh, closed restaurant that where we're at. <laughs> I'm so glad to be indoors. By the way, my last few interviews have been outdoors and they've been real challenge, a real challenge to do them because of wind, sun. Mm-hmm. crazy bug action you know like <laughs> hornets like buzzing around and making like some weird insects making some really loud noise but anyway um so back to identity uh how do you identify exactly i identify as female okay and uh do you have like a transgender identity or you um just um identify as female no like I, I just would s- identify as female okay um, like i would say i'm a i'm, I'm a transsexual man mm-hmm. uh, depends on who i'm with though like i don't always tell people that i'm a trans person um so when i guess did you start like transitioning and that sort of thing i mean i guess technically when i was really like in the 10 to 12 range okay. I mean I knew something was different mm-hmm. remember just speak up but yeah. I didn't know what was different or how to deal with it mm-hmm. or anything yeah. um, 
my household was pretty conservative. Mm -hmm. There was, I was told when I was going to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show that we should feel sorry for those people. Oh. Because they're, they're, it's a sickness. It's a disease. Okay. We should pity them. Okay. Not laugh at them, hmm. which proves he didn't get it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there was no acceptance there and no, no attempt for it. Uh -huh. um, it wasn't a happy childhood. There was a lot of bad stuff going on. Um, then I just spent the next 30 years or so overcompensating. Okay. Was that in the Seattle area, by the way? It started there. Okay. Um, did you ever, did you ever hear about any, um, organizations there or meet any, um, other trans people or oh, no. maybe people in the greater LGBT community? No, there, no. there were no gay people. Okay. Gay people were in San Francisco and on television. Okay. Lesbians were in Penthouse and Hustler magazine. Okay. And trans people were just on, on TV and in, in Las Vegas shows. None okay. of, these things didn't exist in reality, not in Bellevue, Washington, anyway. Oh, Bellevue. Okay, yeah. That's so, like a that's a wealthy suburb of um, the greater, in the greater Seattle area. It's like beyond some... You have to go on some bridges to get to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very, very suburban. Um, so, you know, there, none of those things existed. They weren't mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. It was all on TV and in the media. Which was newspapers. Which, which era? What era was this? In Bellevue. Uh, I lived in Newport Hills. What time period? Oh, are we talking um, about like the seventies. We moved there in seventy six ish. Okay. Okay. And I left in eighty four. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I moved there in ninety, and I went to a gay pride and. Um, oh sure, very different. Yeah, it was then. very different by then. Yeah, yeah. Of course, in between. 84 and 90, we also have the, the peak of the AIDS crisis. A lot of growing pains. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people died. And it also, but it also actually formed, kind of formed the greater community um, because people had to help each other out. Mm -hmm. A lot of lesbians, for instance, were helping gay men who were ill or, or in hospice. Um, and then uh, bisexual and trans people were making more noise than... Um, trying to um, be recognized as being part of the community mm -hmm. in a political sense. Sure. Yeah. It took a long time for that to happen, though. I was really ignorant of all of it. Really? I mean, mm -hmm. that overcompensation you know, went right through high school, extended into joining the military okay. out of high school. Okay. Getting out of the military and almost within two years married, having a child. It, is that when you moved out here? Uh, I moved up here. I went. I was in the military in... Uh, South Carolina. Okay. Uh, and I moved up here after I left, mm -hmm. and that's where I met the woman who became my wife, and we had okay. a child, went back to Seattle, marriage fell apart, I came back out here to heal up, and I haven't left yet. Okay. I mean, it's been almost 30 years. I think yeah. this is home now. Yeah, well, this is a really lovely area. I can see why. Um, I, I have a lot here beyond yeah. just, I've got great friends who I've had for over 20 years. Yeah. I have roots here now, and yeah. I've never had roots ever before. So when, uh, I guess, did you start taking some sort of action toward um, coming out as a trans person? A couple years or ago. Or at least to yourself. Uh, literally a couple years ago. Okay. Um, I found myself out of relation. I wasn't in a relationship. And uh, when, uh, just uh, since, it, since it was so recent... Because we have had the internet for a while now and a lot of uh, information out there about trans people, um, 
Were you looking online for that sort of thing beforehand? Or? Uh, not in a sense of transitioning. Okay. Okay. Just curiosity. Uh, yeah, more like that. Okay. Um, but I found myself not in a relationship, and I thought, well, you've always wanted this. It's okay now. Why not? Okay. What's stopping you? Okay. And so when I, you say you've always wanted this, I've always wanted to be a woman. Okay. I just didn't know how to express it, and early on, I was told it was it was a disease, it was an illness. So I hit it and repressed it. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm the same person I always was. Yeah. I just have better clothing selection now. Okay. Okay. I, I, I tell people I was a miserable, ugly dude, and I might be a miserable, ugly woman, but I'll have better shoes. Okay. All um, right. I don't think I'm going to get much prettier than I am now, and so that's how that is. Mm-hmm. But I'm happier. I'm much happier. Okay. What, what makes you happy exactly? Being able to express myself for who I am, not, mm-hmm. not hiding things that might tip off that I'm different. Okay. Now, I, I, now I acknowledge it fully and freely, and I'm proud of it. Um, and it's not about being in anybody's face about it. Mm-hmm. It's just being accepted for who I am. Mm-hmm. And my peers, my friends, my coworkers all do that. Yeah, exactly that's great. That. That's that's great. You're you're very fortunate. I am. You're very fortunate because other people don't quite have that. Uh, when some people come out and they're just fired, mm-hmm. they're you know kicked out of their homes, uh, out of their apartments, whatever, um, their relationships end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're very fortunate. Um, um, that may be why a lot of people do have to be in other people's faces. Absolutely. I'm a member of a couple different support groups. Oh, really? Online. Oh, yeah, talk may about that. May I mention that. any of the names? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Renaissance New Hampshire is uh, actually how... <sighs> it's hard to explain. I saw two people in a bar one night. I was mm. having a drink after work. And locally here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Portsmouth. Okay. And I looked at them and I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, they're that's, they're like, I want to be. Mm. So I sent a couple of drinks over and walked over and finally introduced myself and and without, I went way out of the way to not be offensive, but I ended up sounding like a stammering high school kid asking oh, a girl to dance for the first time. Sure, sure. And basically, what what the the idea I got across was, I think I'm like you, and I don't know how to do that. Mm. And it turns out that they work with a group called Renaissance New Hampshire. Yeah. Um, and I'm part of that group, and, and they've been wonderful. The other people in it have been... How would you describe that group? Is that like a trans supportive. group? I would call it a trans group. Okay. Um, and it's inclusive. There are trans men. There are trans women. Okay. There mm-hmm. are people who haven't decided or sure. don't want to decide. Sure. Um, or non-binary. I have a minor... I don't understand non-binary. I'm mm-hmm. totally accepting. Be who you are. It's not my problem. Mm-hmm. It's, it's You do you. Like mm-hmm. I got your back. But I don't understand that one. And that's just my own ignorance. Yeah. Um, well, there's a lot of people out in the world who don't feel or quite fit into particular neat boxes. Um, and it's a, it is a it is a spectrum. Yeah. Um, they don't necessarily identify as trans. Um, some of them identify as being cisgendered. Some identify as being non-binary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I understand the definition. I yeah. just don't, I don't understand it here, but do what you do and be happy. And I got your back. Yeah. Sometimes people say that and they don't have people's backs though. Um, they feel like there's too much of a difference between being non-binary and being trans or, um, they use ignorance as a way to not learn more. 
mm-hmm. yeah, or or they use this idea of strangeness in order to um, shun or, or, like I said, not yeah. learn more. I don't um, get that. I, yeah, I don't understand that either. <laughs> it's weird because here we are in a community that's that you would think is very liberatory, right? We're all trying to become our better selves mm-hmm. or who we are um, well, internally. Well, there's a great... Uh, there's a great rain. I, I can never get the letters in the right order, so I just yeah, say people under the rainbow. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. There's a good community in Portsmouth. There's a uh-huh. lot of people, and there's a lot of support. Yeah. Some people will, in the in the trans community, though, really delineate, and uh, they have a very narrow view of what being trans is about, and, and that uh, they use their confusion or ignorance, et cetera, or their age as an excuse to exclude other people. And it's so weird because... I mean, trans people have generally been excluded, mm. you know, in various ways in our lives or oppressed. And then to turn around and do that to other people. I don't understand it's, how. It's just awful. It's just awful. It's perpetuating, it's perpetuating abuse. It really it's not is. working on your shit. You've got to be able to, to get past your own feelings for the greater good sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beyond the people I work with and, and mm-hmm. good friends. There are three or four places I go, and everybody I talk to in all of them, staff, friends, the whole mm-hmm. nine, they know. Mm-hmm. They're supportive. Yeah. On my days off, like today, I'll go in there as this, not my usual work self. Mm-hmm. It's hard to feminize a cook. I mean, yeah. it's not like I can wear a skirt or makeup on the line. Yeah. Well, I, I do know uh, other trans women who are cooks. In fact, there was one that I met in Arkansas, and uh, she does uh, fine dining. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. She looks pretty good when she's, I, I think, when she's cooking. But she's there a it mo- is. She, she looks pretty good. She's a, I don't. She's a, she's a model, in fact. Um, uh, I've mentioned it yeah. to a few friends who are female. And one of them, I went, so we were going out somewhere together. And I got dressed. And I, she said, oh, my God, you're kind of over the top tonight. And I'm like, look, you look like a girl. There's no question. Yeah. I have to be over the top. Because I don't look like a woman to begin with. Okay. And so maybe I overcompensate a little bit there. Yeah, well... I, I do try to keep it in check. If, uh, if, if something's new to you and presenting in a certain way, then it, it might seem like uh, it's over the top as well. Um, maybe, maybe you haven't learned the subtleties yet. You know, there's yeah. so much. It's. I remember when I was little, I, I tried. You know, when I was a teenager and stuff, I tried to learn how to put on makeup, and I, I just. I just didn't do it enough to, to, <laughs> to figure it out. I would actually kind of... Clearly, I haven't either. I would hurt my eyes, actually, because mo- I would borrow my mother's um, eyeliner, and it was like wooden, Lancome. Oh, yeah. Lancome, you know, like the really high quality like the stuff. pencils and stuff. Yeah, and it was like a pencil, and it would, I would hurt my eye a mm-hmm. little bit, <laughs> you know, like the eyelid. Anyway. Um, this is all like one of the people in Renaissance yeah. mentioned. This is puberty a second time. Yeah, exactly. On a lot of levels. I, my body's dealing with hormones it's yeah. never had to deal with. Right. It doesn't know what to do with them. Yeah. I don't know what shape my face is. Yeah. I don't know how to put on makeup properly to, to enhance that. Yeah. I don't know how to deal with eyebrows. Yeah. And now all of a sudden I have to shave everything? Yeah. And all well, these things that I've never... And, and some I people... I don't have to. But. Some people go to other people who are um, well-versed in this sort of thing. Like um, I heard from one trans woman uh, that... She would go to somebody who was kind of an expert who makes it her job to help people, who, to help trans women in particular, um, 
to look how they want to look, you know, in terms of clothing and makeup and hair and that sort of thing. So there's that option too. I think it's a little bit expensive though, right. doing that, yeah. And I think part of it, I think part of the journey is, is discovering it for yourself. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not like puberty in that I don't have to worry about love and romance and peer pressure because I don't suffer from any of that anymore. Yeah, there's, you know, and like any change, there's some awkwardness. And um, so, you know, you just have to be patient with yourself as yeah. well because it is, a, it is a, a big change. Even today, there's a, one of the people in, in Renaissance is having a pool party, yeah. a trans pool party, and I went to one of them. With the idea of, oh, God, I'm going to be in a bathing suit in front of people for the first time, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Yeah. Showed up. I was late. Pinball tournament. Um, Bit the bullet. Stepped out in my bikini. Got in the water. Yeah. And I I, I regret I can't be there today. Yeah. I... I love it that your your club uh, is very social. It's beyond just being mm-hmm. a peer support, you know, like therapy, and that you actually have social activities because I mean that's so important. It's so, um, uh, you know, I, I hate to use this word, but normal, right? It's yeah, it's what I mean, people do in well, their lives. Is. You know, um, you go swimming. It kind of started. Uh, one of the women in the group and I were chit chatting, and we were talking about meeting up for the first time and having a drink or something. Yeah. And we ended up setting up a, a time to play board games at a yeah. place in Manchester. Yeah. Um, and then we started including, we included everybody. Yeah. And now it's two nights a month. There's one on a Sunday and one Great. on a Friday every month. And Great. people are openly invited to show on up and, and have fun and meet everybody else. And some of these people are Facebook friends now. And yeah. we talk about each other's lives and yeah. help each other. It's, they're, they're friends. Yeah. Yeah. So take heart, people out there. If if you are on an online community, see if you can have some in-person experiences. Absolutely. If you're a shy person that has trouble going to things, make your own event. People will come to it. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe get somebody who's a little bit more, um, you know, outward, whatever. uh, There was a hiking meeting last week at one point. There you go. There you go. There's been. I think for a while on Saturday afternoons they were having pizza in a park in yeah. Dover at noon every Sunday yeah, just to or hang out. Go out to brunch or something. Mm-hmm. There's actually a drag brunch in in Portsmouth. Yeah, that I haven't made there. Yeah, made it there, but it's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah, They're great people, and it's a place I go anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you know, if you're somebody who is religious, go out to uh, you know, and if you know of other trans people who are religious who are looking for an affirming church. Go there, you know? I mean, that's important to some people. Um, It doesn't matter where you find your solace. As long as you're looking for it and trying. Mm -hmm. There's people out there who, I mean, I think the hardest thing for me to get over right before I transitioned was, I'm not unique in this. I am not alone in this. I'm not the only one. I have felt isolated and alone all my life, and I'm not. And neither is anybody else who's going through this. Somebody feels the way you do, I promise. Yeah. And there are, you know, other trans people who are where you're at, too, mm-hmm. where they've transitioned later in life, you mm-hmm. know. There's um, a lot of them in Renaissance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I that sounds great. What was the other one? You said that there were a couple that uh, you were involved you know what? in. I mean, I don't even remember the names. I, I jump is in them. Is this more of like a, uh, an online Online. Group? Yeah, oh, that okay. one is. This, the other one is. Um. I'm so glad that you have an in-person one, though, because, uh, 
I think that's really important, actually just doing things together it, rather than just type, type, type. It, no. It's been oh. both. Um, and when COVID was strong, they were doing monthly online meetings. Mm. We, you know, we Zoomed and there were 16 of us on a screen mm. and chit-chatting and mm. everybody's having a drink. And Yeah. I actually don't like those at all. I don't. I, I, I went to a couple of them and part of it was a technology issue. Mm. I couldn't really get through right. as well. Uh, people couldn't hear me you know, et cetera. It just wasn't uh, a good kind of thing for me. But also I just, I could, I feel a little disembodied. It really is. Do. It is a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I don't. Um, but it's, it was better than nothing. Cause at that point, sure, sure. nobody was open. You weren't going anywhere. Sure. So I actually did a lot of activism during the peak of COVID or, or when they were, you know, before they came out with a lot of the um, vaccinations. Mm-hmm. And I felt kind of lucky doing that because I got lots of contact, actually. Yeah. yeah. I did a lot of board gaming. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. There's a store in town that had a, you could go online, order what you wanted, yeah. pay by card. Then they'll put it in a box out back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you arrive, text them, they put it in the box, completely contactless delivery. Uh, they had a delivery box out back. You sure. go out, grab your game, go home. So I built up quite a collection of tabletop okay. games. It's my sure. other thing besides pinball. Okay. Yeah, like uh, what what kind of games? Uh, attack, uh, not attack. Um, terraforming Mars is a big one for me. I love. Just, I'm just thinking uh, of the ones. I'm, I'm thinking of the ones I played when I was a kid, like Monopoly and. You know. Yeah. Now these are more. <laughs> Sound more sophisticated. A little more detailed. I yeah. wouldn't say sophisticated. Sure. Uh, Wingspan's a great one. You basically Can- play birds. Candyland. <laughs> Shoots and ladders. Shoots and ladders, right. What was the one you had like a bucket and you had to fill it with cherries? Oh, I don't know. I don't know that one. <sighs> I don't either. But um, I, ha- I had a little friend that we would play Monopoly all the time. And um, we would pretend we were making little um, hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> like we'd raid our mother's pantries. Mm-hmm. And... Um, which was sacred ground, by the way. That was sacred ground. Yeah. Uh, but we would sneak in there, and we would get like little. Uh, this was Alaska. Mm-hmm. This was above the Arctic Circle, and so all we had was like little canned things or crackers or something, and so we would make like little canapes from um, crackers, like saltines, with those little smoked oysters. Mm-hmm. You know, those little cans and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was <laughs> fun, and we'd pummel pummel each other with capitalism and. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Go to jail or you become the rich one. Yeah. <laughs> Except the rich one and never the goes to jail, and at least they're out in a heartbeat. It's such a weird, it's such a weird game. Like you, you send people to jail, you take away their money, you um, impoverish them with high rents. Hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just like life. It's such, such a weird <laughs> And yet game. the game of life is absolutely nothing yeah, like life. Yeah. <laughs> I also really liked backgammon, and I liked um, uh, Scrabble. Scrabble's my favorite. Played a decent amount of both of them. Yeah, I love Scrabble. Yeah. I beat a friend of mine who is a writer in it once. We didn't play that often, but, um, you know, we played. Like, well, not after you beat him. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, and I was just gloating afterwards because... You know, he thought of himself as, I think, Wordsmith. Hi- higher than me in some ways. Yeah. So I was so happy to beat him. <laughs> anyway, um, so it, it, we're, we're kind of at the end here. Yeah. Um, thank you for talking with me today. It's so nice coming to these various communities and kind of discovering 
what New England is about because I, I really haven't spent that much time here uh, except when I was at Harvard. But, you know, when you're at Harvard, you're just at, you're pretty much just at Harvard mm. unless you're doing some sort of externship or something. Um, yeah. So it's lovely coming to a little seaside town here yeah. that I would probably never, never reach. Um, it's interesting talking to, uh, you know, somebody who is transitioning older in life and what mm. the stresses are about that. And, you know, you've that's expressed weird. you've expressed some anxiety. And um, I think that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. It's pretty oh, yeah. common. Yeah. I know. It'll just take a while to, to work that out. I know clothes shopping is, is just now all of a sudden impossible. Yeah. I don't know what size. Because they're all, none of them are the same. Yes. I bought a double XL shirt from a company it fits me like a men's medium, which mm. is, you know, not yeah. meant to be a crop top, but is kind of for me. Yeah. You, you just have to find probably the brands that work for you. Like, I have to do that, too, because I'm kind of on the opposite end, right? Like, I'm really small and I'm kind of wide. So um, there's just not a lot of clothing that's made, you know. It's hard to do. It's made for much larger men because this is ready to wear stuff. So they're looking at, you know, men who are 5'10", 6 right. feet tall. I'm 5'2". Right. So all my pants, you know, they're always rolled up. (laughs) Yeah, they're always rolled up, rolled up. And, um, you know, the sleeves, I always have to worry about that. Like they're too long. And if I wear clothing that is too big on me, it makes me feel it makes me feel bad about myself, actually. I get it. Yeah. If it doesn't fit right, you don't feel right. Yeah. Feel right. You don't feel right. I feel like I'm wearing dad's clothing or something. It doesn't feel like I'm an adult, you know. I know a lot of time when I'm getting ready to go out somewhere, mm-hmm. uh, I'll try on three or four outfits. Like, oh God, no, this looks fat. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? That's mm-hmm. not who you are. Mm-hmm. But I want to. I told myself as I came to this that even though I break it all the time, like right now, I'm not. I don't mind not passing. Yeah. I don't. I will not be ridiculous. Mm. And I realize that right now I do look ridiculous. But I've also come to the fact that I don't give a damn. This is me. Yeah. I don't expect you to. Well, I don't think you look anybody. ridiculous. Well, I think you. you look at you look like somebody who's early in transition, who maybe translate you know transitioned mm-hmm. early, late in life, and which doesn't is, have a clue how to put on makeup. Well, I mean that's that's your reality. That's your reality. There are uh, uh, some trans groups online that are be about being trans and being curvy, <coughs> being um, uh, heavier. Oh, I'm never going to uh, be petite. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually, I, I really love those groups. Uh, uh, trans women in particular will um, display photos of themselves and they will mm-hmm. describe what they're wearing. And it's it's really great. I think it's really, I mean, this is an overused word, but pretty empowering, you know, looking cute and uh, feeling confident uh, with the body that you have and the clothes that you uh, find stylish. I think just brazening it through and, and having that confidence yeah. is nobody has it to start I don't think Mm -hmm. you got it from somewhere yeah Um, and if you can take it from one aspect of your life and move it into others Mm -hmm. when I'm working I'm very confident in what I do yeah and this looks like kind of like a fine dining kind of place yeah it's like a small mm -hmm. small restaurant we uh, we're a scratch kitchen yeah we we Mm -hmm. care Mm -hmm. we have a I wouldn't say an older staff, but mm-hmm. nobody on our staff is under 25. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we're so all past that. Staff. It's really cool to be a cook. Sure. We're past that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, we do good food. Our exec, he listens and he talks. and Yeah. It's a good, it's a good gig. The that's owners a, are, are good. That's a good way to put it, that you 
take the confidence you have in one part of your life and use the lessons from that to apply it to other parts of your life. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good lesson. I myself have to think about that sometimes. Like I'm a really, really good um, math instructor for adults. And um, I'm also very good at, at knowing uh, aspects of natural history. Mm -hmm. Like I can look at a landscape and, and figure out why it looks that way. <laughs> Um, I'm also a really fantastic baker, and I, but I can't do it, I can't do it commercially because it's very hard work. Um, but if I bring those two places, that, that sort of confidence, to other places where I feel less confident, I feel like that would bolster me. It does, yeah, I think. Yeah. Even if you can draw an analogy about, you know, well, this part of my life that I'm not so confident in, this little facet, if it's just like what I do over here, and I'm really good at that, so... I should be really good at this too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people do with uh, religion as well as um, their feelings about certain kinds of art, like uh, poetry, for instance. Mm -hmm. I once did a, a protest uh, that was very difficult for me, personally difficult, and it was around being trans. And before I went out to do it, I actually read poetry, <coughs> and I kept the poetry book with me when mm -hmm. I was doing the protest because I wanted something to kind of hold on to, not as like security blanket, but the feelings that that gave me, what <coughs> I wanted to hold on to, the strength that it gave me. Mm -hmm. And um, so everybody has that too. It's kind of funny everybody you mention has that. It. Uh, about six months ago, I was going to my, one of my first tournaments as a woman. Mm. And I was hanging out For with a couple pinball? friends. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, Can uh, you show that more clearly by the way? It's kind of a lobster thing. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and she said, wait a second, I got this for you. And she came down and she gave me this very simple silver bracelet. Mm -hmm. And on the inside it said, you fucking got this. <laughs> and I wore it and I felt so good. I, it's, yeah. It was bolstering. It was a security blanket yeah, to some yeah, degree. Yeah. And I wore it a couple times and then I called her. And I'm like, this wasn't in, like, is this a gift or a loan? I, I want to return mm. it. If, and she said, look. It was a gift to me from my sister after oh, my father died. Cool. And I had to do all the details. I don't need it back. Mm. But if you get to a point where you don't want to wear it, please give it back. Yeah. I gave it back to her the mm. next time I saw her and figured I, I will find my own inspirational jewelry. Yeah. I've, I've kind of done that with things too. Like given something to somebody, I haven't asked for it back, but I've said, oh, if you no longer need that, could you pass it along to somebody who does need right. it? Yeah. Well, mm. it turned into this thing. I was telling this very story to yeah. a, a, another female cook. Mm. And she said, oh, my God, I have it for you. And she took a crystal off her necklace. Oh. And I mounted it on my work earrings. Okay. And I wear it, except on my days off. And as soon as I find a piece, she gets that one back, too. Because, okay. you know, yeah. and I think that's, I hope I can give something to somebody someday yeah. that helps them. Uh, even if it's just a, a talisman to get them through tomorrow sure. at work or something. Sure. Your being an open and visible trans person, I'm sure, helps some people. I hope it does. Yeah. Just like you saw uh, the trans people mm -hmm. in downtown Portsmouth that one day, mm -hmm. you know. Um, not everybody can be out, but some people who are out, you know, show what's possible, mm -hmm. you know, that you can work and you can be okay and you can, maybe you're awkward, but, you know, you're doing what you're doing, so you must have some confidence in it. Working on it yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, 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 yep. It's, it's something that you grow, yeah. right? It's not automatic. And I think that's a good place to end right now for today. Um, 
you know, we had a, a couple sore spots in this, uh, but I think that's okay. And th there was some ambient noise that was super annoying to me. <laughs> <laughs> but at least this was indoors. <laughs> There's been a lot of challenges with insects, like I said, and, you know, all kinds of, like, children, you know, doing their thing in the park. You know, that's how it is. Everybody's, everybody's using the park. Um, yeah, so thank you for talking with me. My it's pleasure. so interesting to hear about, like, these... Um, clubs that you're involved with the renaissance club mm -hmm. um and then also the pinball the bells and, and chimes bells and chimes they're worldwide wonderful wherever you live take a look there could be yeah. a chapter in your area yeah and they'll they've been so supportive and accepting i i can't say enough good things about the bells yeah. and chimes as, as a group i'm actually working on a new hampshire chapter of bells and chimes with, oh. uh, with a girlfriend who plays oh awesome yeah yeah see <clears throat> there we go Trans Women is starting a, a women's group on about pinball. That's awesome. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much again. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. See you next time, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye.